Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. This is your usual host, Cyrus Alderwood. And tonight, uh, we're joined by uh, two folks with the Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast. One of my favorite podcasts of all time. I've been listening to these guys for years. Jerry and Tracy Polly, thanks for coming to the show. I certainly appreciate it. How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing great. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's awesome. To, we've, we've had you on our show uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, and we're glad to uh, actually return the favor and be on your show. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this was, uh, I guess, pandemic era. Um, I, I wanted uh, One question I always wanted to ask you guys was, during that whole time of the pandemic, I noticed that uh, a lot of people started listening to, a lot more people started finding podcasts. And Hillbilly Horror Stories, you guys are one of the top downloaded podcasts in the country right now. Um, tell us a little bit about when you guys got started with the show and uh, why you stuck with the other horror genre and, and just a little bit about the growth and what's what's going on with you and, and your listeners and your fans. We started back in 2016 in August. So we just had our seven year anniversary. It, uh, it was something that, you know, my history from the, the paranormal goes back to living in a haunted house back when I was uh, about 14 years old. So uh, we had some situations going on for about five years. So that piqued my interest, and I've just been a big fan ever since. I did stand-up comedy for uh, several years, 12, 15 years, something like that, and decided I wanted to get out of comedy but wanted to do some type of entertaining. Uh, got a hold of a couple of podcasts and said, hey, I think I might be able to do that. And uh, I started up with another host. We did uh, eight episodes, and then Tracy pretty much stepped in after that. And like I said, that was uh, – seven years ago so that's kind of how the the show got started now tracy how's the ride been for you for the last seven years you guys get a lot of fan interaction thank you we are i mean we are so blessed that we have the following that we do um like he said i just kind of accidentally almost got in on this um but i've learned a lot and it's just amazing because sometimes i'll think back about some things that might have happened um, long years ago. So it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun meeting everybody and getting to travel places and stuff. But, you know, I know I don't even know what the story is about. So I just kind of sit in my chair and listen and just have, you know, just have, I guess have the reactions that everybody else does. But it's been wonderful. I love it. I hope we can keep on doing it for many years to come. Now, I do follow you guys on Instagram. And uh, Jerry, you guys are all kinds of conventions and I see pictures of places where you guys go and, and visit, like you mentioned Waverly. Um, there are, there's so many places, I guess, right there in your backyard that's paranormal related. Um, you said you grew up in a house for a few years that was haunted. What uh, kind of haunting did you have? Did you ever go back and investigate that years later? Actually, we moved in there when I was 13 years old, and my dad still lives there. I'm 55. <laughs> so he has lived there for, you know, over 40 years. And uh, no, there's not there's not been any, any kind of investigations or anything there as far as us. There were some people that came in. Uh, so they used to be part of, a, I guess, a psychic uh, department at the University of Louisville. We had them come in and, and look at some stuff back in. Heck, I'm thinking probably 85, 86, somewhere in that ball game uh, or ballpark. But no, nothing, nothing really professional. 
it's probably would be something cool to do. I don't think my dad would be up for it. He'll be the first to tell you that he doesn't believe in ghosts and then tell you five different instances he's had with ghosts. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't know what kind of, uh, I'll say originally, I, I thought it was a regular haunting. Now this is all looking back now with experience and saying, okay, what I thought back then was, was uh, a regular haunting. I think it was more poltergeist act activity now looking back brought on by some trauma that my mom went through. She was, uh, cause when we, when we first moved into this house, the first year there was absolutely nothing, but then my, my mother lost a couple of grandparents that were basically her parents. Uh, it destroyed her. I mean, literally, literally it just completely destroyed her. She went through massive depression uh, it brought on all kinds of physical ailments just because she was so depressed. She had something called esophagitis where her stomach acids would go up into her esophagus and it basically uh, ate away all that. So she had to go on like a baby food and soft food diet because she couldn't eat anything that had any substance to it. Uh, but so all this was is stuff that she kind of brought on herself, obviously. Uh, but with all that being said, I think because that's when all the stuff started, she possibly might've been doing some of that and not even realized it just with her mind. So wow. um, if you know anything, anything about poltergeist activity, that's usually brought on from a teenage girl uh, going through, uh, you know, puberty or, uh, some of that stuff when there's emotions are high, that's usually where these signs come from, but it can happen from, from, uh, men or boys and it can happen from older women. And, uh, if the trauma is there and all the emotions are there, sometimes it just, your mind does stuff subconsciously. And I think looking back, that's more what it was. I think I'm going to scratch the movie Carrie off of my watch list for October. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, with, Growing up and or you know when you're 13 experiencing that kind of stuff, um, at some point like when, when you guys go out to locations, do you consider yourselves full blown investigators or just sort of like along for the ride for the experience? What 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 is that like when you go out to these places? So a lot of the places we go to, we we don't always investigate, but usually we're along for the ride. I, I would not consider myself to be an investigator by any way, shape, or form. Uh, I've been on a lot of investigations, but it's just uh, uh, it's just something I like doing. But I don't love the investigating side. I get bored with it really quickly. Yeah, I, I guess you know one of the things we have all these shows that are on TV now that are. You know, it seems like everything on the Travel Channel and the History Channel is paranormal now. And it's so very popular, but I think the more we have some of these ghost hunting shows, and um, you know, the more we sort of learn about, I don't know, that there, what was the one, Ghost Hunters? Remember that with the taps? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one of the investigators that used to be on that show was a girl who was a model and an actress. And she is very active on social media. <clears throat> but she said that... Uh, you know, a lot of times because it was a show, things were embellished a little bit on, you know, on camera to make it look like there might have been haunting. But she said in all the years that she was on there, she never saw anything to make her believe of anything, you know, supernatural or paranormal. But then you see some people, I guess, that that aren't famous, but do these things and some of them have some harrowing stories. 
Um, do you think some of these shows are good or bad for that? Yeah, I guess it's the belief in the paranormal. I think it's good in the fact that it brings awareness, but I do think, I mean, let's be honest, it's TV. They're going to embellish. So you're going to, you know, for example, uh, if you watched, if you don't know anything about the paranormal and you've never been on an investigation, let's say, and you watch any of these shows, I'm not going to pick on any of them, but you, you watch any of these shows and it's a, an hour long show and they got all this stuff that, that happened that they filmed. And you're, you're like, oh man, this stuff must've been happening right and left at this place they were at. The reality is they're usually at these places like three days and you're seeing three days worth of stuff that, yeah. that they finally caught. And it's not like that. When you when you go on a real investigation, you might spend six, eight hours at a place and have one, maybe two things happen. You might catch an EVP that you don't even know you caught until three or four days later when you're going over the stuff after you've already left the premises. Uh, and that's why that's why I'm not big into it. To me, it's just boring. You know, I, I love yeah. spirits and I love seeing ghosts, but you know, when I've seen the flashlights turn off and on a few times and I've got a few things on the voice box and I'm like, man, there's something here. Okay. I don't need to see it again. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, so I don't want to spend six, eight hours doing it. I'm happy with two or three hours of going. Yeah. I don't know about you, Tracy, but if I was in a place that actually seemed full blown on haunted all the time, I would be running for the hills. I would be like, I'd be like a cat clinging from the ceiling with my claws. Uh, you're muted, Tracy. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, I guess another thing, though, Jerry, was that uh, some of these shows, it is, like you said, it is TV, it is Hollywood. Um, it's, you know, a lot of it's unrealistic. I think a lot of, sometimes it's more like an industry than it is a real investigation. It's like they've done a lot with the uh, UFO phenomenon and the alien industry. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, just, I get people, I guess, beware when you watch. So that's one reason why people, I think, love a lot of podcasts because you can kind of get all the fluff and you get a lot of story. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I love that some of the, some of the show, the, my favorite part about any of these paranormal shows is the beginning when they tell you the history of the place. Yes. And then after that, I can turn it off. Speaking of the history of the place, Tracy, you've been to Waverly, which is sort of in your backyard there. What, what was your first, exp um, Thoughts on that when you got there? Uh, well, when I first walked in, it was, uh, I felt a lot of sorrow, actually. You just, I don't know, you could just feel almost what all these patients went through. And, but it's, it's a very scary place. Now, Jerry has spent the night there and I think he's crazy. Wow. But I know, but, uh, you know, I did see a bunch of things. I saw like a bunch of shadow people. We saw, you know, like a ball rolling down the hallway and stuff like that. So we did see a lot of stuff, uh, but it's just a sad, sad place, really, more than anything. I had some friends that came down from Cincinnati to visit the place, and one was a total skeptic and walked out a total believer. Oh, really? So if, if that tells you anything, um, you know, when you see an object moving in front of you, and I have no reason to disbelieve the guy, but... When you see an object moving in front of you that had nothing putting it in motion and he's still trying to find a rational explanation, he was spooked. Um, so I think he he sort of became a bit of a believer. You, know, you mentioned the, like, you know, the, the heaviness. Uh, I did want to bring this up because this is on your website. 
And there's a you know a book called From Hell, uh, Demons, Depression, and Redemption. Um, how did that book come about? Tell us a little bit about what that is and uh, and how that came about. Well, have you ever been married? I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you better be glad you're upstairs. <laughs> 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 when we when we first started doing this the show and of course you know for people who haven't listened to the show we usually will pick a topic every week and we'll do a deep dive into it you know 30 40 minutes and it could be on a place like Waverly Hills or it could be you know uh, um a haunting like the, the the movie the exorcist was based on a real uh, situation that happened in St. Louis back in the forties. We covered that full episode and, you know, some of the conjuring movies we've covered the true life story of like the parents from the original uh, uh, conjuring story. And so we used to have people because we would cover all these haunted places and, and poltergeists and stuff like that, that they would say, you know, you should write a book and and talk about some of these things, but you know, I'm not an author by any way, shape or form that's not my craft. I don't have the uh, experience doing that. And I didn't feel like I needed to be just rehash a bunch of stories that people have done to death. You know, people have talked about the bell, Witch in a thousand different books. Why do I need to do that again? I'm nobody special. We already covered it on the show, but I started thinking when we started really getting involved with mental health on the show and trying to just get rid of the stigma of people thinking that mental health is a weakness, you know, or talking about it is a weakness. And I talked about where I had a big bout with depression and I had a failed suicide attempt back in 2001. And we talked about that on the show when we talked about the uh, suicide forest over in Japan and it just came up. And ever since then, we've given out the suicide number. We put it on our uh, uh, business cards and, it's on our website and anytime, every time we do our main show on Sunday nights, we talk about mental health and we, Tracy and I gave out our personal cell phone numbers and said, Hey, call us when everybody's got access to that. It's right on our website. And I started thinking, you know what? People started writing us and telling us what a difference the show made in their life or how they seeked help when they wouldn't have had they not heard it from us. And some people even went as far as saying, look, I had a rope out and something you said clicked in my head. And I thought, you know what? I might not want to write a book about all that other stuff, but I can write a book about my own experiences. So I decided to do the book in three parts. It's, it's a one book, but it's not really like a start to finish read all the way through the first part of the book is about my experiences growing up in a haunted house and my relationship with my mom. The second part of the book talks about um, pretty much how I ruined my marriage, got divorced, and how that led to the suicide attempt. And then the third part is how Tracy and I started Hillbilly Horror Stories and actually used that to help people going through the same thing. So it was paranormal at the beginning, depression in the second half, and the third unites those two. And that's really what the, the book is. It's and that's why it's you know titled the way that it is. It's a uh, hillbilly horror stories from hell to high water, and you know then, then you you bring up the redemption and stuff because I feel like that is something that you know I've tried to do. I've spent the rest of my life trying to redeem myself for uh, my poor qualities that I had when I was younger in life. Yeah, I think when people feel that far down, and uh, and I've, I've been there. It's funny you should you know, talk about writing a book because. I literally was 
talked into by a friend writing a book to work my way out of the depression. I was getting up and it's, it's almost now it's embarrassing to say because I can't see myself ever going back there, but I was not really a, you know, suicide or anything. I was never close, but I was ashamed. I didn't want anybody to know. I put on a good face. No one knew I was depressed. Um, but I got up angry every morning, angry at God that I woke up, you know, I just, I didn't think I deserved it. You know, so I was going through this terrible, terrible depression and just like even worse. I mean, talk about hating yourself, but people forget that there's redemption on the other side. Like I told my sister, um, this, this is something that yeah, I don't really talk too much about either, but um, I lost my oldest sister to COVID. She was a cancer survivor. And to go through all that, she just wanted me to live long enough to see her kids growing up. Well, she almost got there. Uh, she missed her son's graduation by a few few months. and But about two or three weeks to the day after my sister Melinda died, my other sister Tammy, her husband died of COVID also. So she lost her best friend and her husband. And and uh, I was telling my sister, who was just, she's very prone to being kind of sad sometimes, you know, like glass half empty. Sometimes that attitude can, that's infectious. Like, and sometimes people have a hard time shaking it. People just need to understand that the people who walk through some of the darkest places are the people who can shine the brightest light. And there's, there's hope on that other side. So. Yeah, I'm glad you that that's really touching. You wrote a book like that with a message like that. That's that's important for people to read. Um now is this on Amazon or yeah, just we, on your website? No, it's on Amazon and and, and it's on our website. And and I tell people all the time, look, I didn't write the book to make money off of it. In fact, we uh the audio version of it we put out uh, on our show. So people can just go find it on our show and listen to it for free. You know, oh wow, just, okay. Uh, Rather than put it out there for sale, I, I want I, I wanted people to have access to it. It's it's all about. I can't tell you how many copies I've given away. Anytime somebody contacts us and 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 tells us about what's going on in their life, I almost immediately send them a book out free of charge. It's just, you know, yeah. And if we, anybody's we want to do, anybody's interested in it now, go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com. It's on the main page. Just scroll down a little bit, and you'll you'll see where you can buy it. Um, there's a contact us button on there too so if anybody wants to get in touch with you uh jerry they can they can just touch base with you guys through the website too um yeah there's no shame in in that there's you know there's it's a part of mental health but you you know people think it's got to be a problem but no it's not a problem we all go through things and uh, some 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 of us worse than others but uh it's all better how we handle it sometimes sometimes we're not all meant to walk alone so um reach out if you have a friend that listens great if you need a stranger to listen, there are those of us out there that'll lend an ear to. So, um, but uh, but important story. So I, I did. Uh, I wasn't expecting kind of the the sad story behind that, but there's a good story that came out of it. After you came out of that depression, you started Hillbilly Horror Stories. What was the I guess the trajectory of the show, the growth like? Because like I said, you're one of the most downloaded, one of the top podcasts in the country now, and you guys are sort of in demand at all these conventions. Well, obviously the, 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 the show came years after that now. And if you, if you're battling depression, that's a, that's a lifetime battle. It's never going away. It can be better at times than other. I like to call it depression remission, but at the same time, it, it never goes away. It's always there lurking. And, uh, you know, my suicide attempt was back in 2001 and we started the podcast way after, but yeah, what, uh, what I realized was 
you when you're in the very darkest part of your life, you can't see the light. And sometimes the light's not that far away. You know, you couldn't imagine being happy ever again when you're there. And yet I'm probably happiest I've ever been in my life. I met uh, my soulmate and, you know, we've been able to spend actually getting our spend uh, the next live show we're doing is on our anniversary. So we'll be doing uh, spending our 16th anniversary, you know, just uh, in Gatlinburg with uh, 120, 140 of our closest friends and, uh, and having some fun with it. But the trajectory of the show when we started, it was a slow start. I was told back then, and podcasts were way different back in seven years ago. Not everybody, there wasn't the Joe Rogans and stuff like that there. I mean, there was, but there wasn't that many of them. Now everybody's got a podcast if they're famous. You know, back then it was still fresh. And, you know, I was told when we started, hey, if you can get 75 total listens a week, you're above average. And that was a fact. And we were getting probably 200 and something a week. We were happy, but uh, we were able to go on a show called uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. It was a huge show. They were getting like 100,000 listens a week, five episodes a week. And January 2nd, 2017, we our our interview with Tony Bruschi aired. And the very, we went from 250 listens a week. The very next week, we had like 8,200. And we, yeah, we kept, um, we kept about half of those because we never went below 4,500 a week after that. Then we were on uh history goes bump and did a little special with Bobby Mackey with them. And that was uh, about two months later. Uh, and then about three months after that, we were on uh, Jim Harold's campfire. All three of those were major, major shows. And uh, that's really what put us where we needed to be. I mean, I'd love to be able to take all the credit and tell you what a marketing guru I am and and how great we are. But the reality of it is in podcasting, it doesn't matter how good you are if you can't find the audience and they can't find you. And about us being able to go on those shows that had a big audience and coming across in a way they liked, that was able to build us up. And we've always continued to go on other shows. Uh, some people, when they get to a certain level, they feel like they're above that. Uh, we don't. We feel like that if we go on a show that's only got 30 listeners and, you know, we pick up 10, that's 10 more than we would have had. That's and, true. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't like that there are people out there that thumb their nose down at people that are, are podcasts that just aren't as big as they are. Um, anytime somebody asks us to come on their show, we come on. We've never asked anybody how many listeners you got or how many downloads because it doesn't matter. You know, um, I've had people say, hey, I haven't even started my podcast yet. When we get it, when we get it up and running, will you be on it? Yeah, we will. And we, but for that same reason, we bring a lot of podcasts on our show uh, that that need a break because, you know, we wouldn't be where we were had we not been given those breaks. And uh, we, we believe in paying it forward. So that's that's, that's why we do what we do. That's really cool. I haven't even checked mine. Though. I, I don't even I don't think I probably have too many, but uh I just do this for fun anyway. It's just kind of, in a way, sort of therapeutic just to get on and talk about something you like, you know, and uh, consistently do it and, and you know, do it maybe like two, three times a month. Um, not nearly as often as you guys do yours, but it's uh, but it's a passion for some people and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, you get to meet a lot of new people uh, in this too, kind of like going to Comic-Cons and things. Now, you guys, uh, now this is on the 30th year down in Gatlin. Um, so okay. if anybody... Uh, who's listens in the air? It's twenty five bucks according to the website here. Saturday, September thirtieth, 
from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, just jump on hillbillyhorrorstories.com and go to live events and you'll find it there. Um, how fun are those? Have you have you done one of these at Gatlinburg before? Uh, we did one in Pigeon Forge the year of the pandemic. It was the only show we actually did that year. We had them set up in in uh, uh, Gatlinburg and Florida and uh, New Orleans and all that got canceled. Uh, Savannah, all that got canceled because of uh, COVID. But we were able to get that one because it was near the end of the year when things were kind of breaking a little bit. And we just made sure everybody was safe and that we we put less tickets for sale and we gave people their space and had masks and all that available. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we love the area. Gatlinburg is our happy place. We go to Gatlinburg usually two or three times a year. That's where we spend our honeymoon. And uh, it, Tony uh, from the confessionals, Tony Merkel, his show is huge. Uh, he lives about 45 minutes from there. He used to live in Philly and he moved down to a farm in Tennessee a couple, uh, about probably two years ago now. And, he said, you know, I got with him and said, I said, Hey, it's close to you. It's only three and a half hours from us. We love it. It's our anniversary. Let's do this together. And we were already on our, we're on our third venue because we've sold out the first, this first two venues and we keep finding a bigger place. Uh, so that's, it's, it'll be the, our biggest show uh, attendance wise that we've ever had. And we've done about 45 of these things. Yeah. I, I get, I've been to Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge countless times. Love that place. So, uh, Tracy, I was going to ask you: Do you, um, of all the places you guys have gone to, do you have a preference of like Savannah or New Orleans or any of those places? Savannah is beautiful. Oh my goodness, it's so beautiful. But I'm I'm really partial to Gatlinburg. I just and at this time of the year is wonderful. And sorry that uh, Lily won't quit barking, but um, she sees a reflection in the door. Is the problem? <laughs> so, but. Um, I just I love everywhere we get to go. I've never been able to travel that much until we started this podcast. Now, is the locally there since you're in Lexington? I don't know if this is Lexington or Louisville. Isn't there like a, a witch's tree somewhere where they have a lot of people that are into uh, paranormal and, and uh, paganism that visit like a tree that is yeah, that's in old Louisville. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm trying. I can't remember like some of the places there because. Um, where, I, where I'm trying to get to know the place, I hear some of the paranormal places. I used to live in Cincinnati, but I never made it across the river to Bobby Mackins. And that's not because I didn't have a chance. Uh. It's because I was a big sissy. <laughs> so I, I didn't want to go home and take something home with me, you know. Um, now, has that ever been a, like a, I don't know, has that ever been a fear of yours going to a place like Waverly and something coming home with you? I think it's more of fear of Tracy's. It, it's never been a fear of mine. And I, I, you know, I'm not one that takes a lot of precautions. And, you know, we, we did a show with uh, uh, Bishop James Long in Louisville. And uh, he gave us some anointing oil that was supposed to help. And, you know, he gave us some uh, some other types of things to take with us, some holy water. And then we had uh, somebody give us, you know, all the sage stuff. But the reality of it is, I, I, you know, I'm not a believer in saging and, and, you know, anointment stuff or holy. I, I just think if something's going to do something, it's going to do it. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of crazy like that. I, I just don't have any beliefs. And uh, I think I believe in attachments and stuff like that. I just don't believe you can ward them off with, you know, some kind of cologne or something. <laughs> I don't know. I used to wear high karate when I was a kid. That kept the girls away. That's, I don't know about you. <laughs> 
that, that never helped. <laughs> but uh, so I I noticed you guys have another event coming up. This is I believe this is next year. Uh, the uh, Ohio Cruise. Uh, th- this looks like yeah. a good time. We we just did uh, September this time last year. We did a a cruise with with Brohio. It left out of uh, Miami and went to the Bahamas. It was a four day cruise. We had two hundred people sign up for the cruise, the first uh, thirty days. Uh, we ended up with a hundred people that actually went because people have the ability to make payments and get their money back if they do it by July without losing any 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 of their money. So you you don't have to worry about any risk of that. And um, what happened was this was still in 2022 and they were still doing um, vaccination requirements and stuff. And we had a bunch of people that didn't want to get the vaccine. So they got their money back in July and then they went ahead and waived the vaccine requirement after they'd gotten their money back and it was too late to get them back. But we ended up with a hundred people going on board and we got to do a live show and a meet and greet and a, uh, a cocktail hour that they, uh, uh, the cruise line let us do Royal Caribbean, let us all do there. So the, you know, they've got those big theaters and okay. we had enough people where they let us do our show in the big theater during the day. And you know, it's, it's it was pretty cool, man. It was pretty damn cool. So yeah, now, this one is leaving out a, this one's next year. We do them every two years to give people time to make their payments. Cause our, you can get tickets for like, uh, for, uh, two people for like a thousand bucks. And, you know, that's all your food and everything included. And if you started, we op- we started doing this in February. So if you would have jumped on by February, you, know, you could have pay 80 bucks a month and be done, you know, pretty yeah. before the cruise leaves. And uh, so we're doing this one out of Galveston. It leaves September of next year, uh, but it's going from Galveston to Mexico. And it's a five-day cruise this time because everybody said, hey, let's do a little bit longer. So we would set up a four-day. It's a five-day two stops in Mexico back in uh, Galveston. And we like the idea of um, Galveston because it's more centrally located. We had people flying in from Oregon and Washington, having to fly all the way to Miami oh, to go okay. on this cruise. And now, now it's kind of in the middle of the country where no matter where you're coming from, it's not that bad. Yeah. So if you, if you love cruises, you guys are going to be hitting Cozumel. Um, so this looks like it'd be a good time. Now, what is the show like that you, that you do um, for a cruise? Um, well, the same thing we do for our live events, we basically, you know, we bring out a, a nice projector and uh, we have a, a projection screen up where we can show video and stuff if we need to. We have video intros for all the shows that are usually geared towards that city, like the one we're getting ready to do. It'll be a bunch of stuff about Gatlinburg and hauntings. And then each show has about a two minute video introducing them. Uh, the We have a nice table that's Got all the Halloween decorations and stuff, all our little props and stuff all around it. And we usually do about a 45-minute version of our show. And a lot of times we'll have two other podcasts, sometimes three other. And uh, they'll do a 45-minute version of their show. And then you get a meet and greet. So, you know, when you come in, it's like I say that every ticket's a VIP because, you know, I'm getting ready to go see. And I don't know this for a fact. We're getting ready to go see Aaron Mankey from Lure at the Cincinnati Music Hall uh, next month. My guess is that we're not going to be able to just walk in and see Aaron Mankey walking around. He's probably going to be in a green room somewhere until it's time for him to come out, do his show. He might have some signings or something afterwards. I don't know. But with us, when you show up, we're there. We're just hanging out. And You're you the crowd. With get pictures. 
Yeah, you can get pictures and you get autographs and we're selling merch and we'll autograph anything you want to do and, and make videos with you if you want us to do that. We don't charge anything for that. I mean, we and charge for the, the merch, right? But, and that's but the we don't charge for that. Yeah, yeah, that's the funnest part of the whole show. It's just hanging out and meeting everybody because, man, we have met so many wonderful people and we still look at each other like, I can't even believe we're doing this. I can't believe we're lucky enough to, you know, get to meet these people. And it's so wild. People come from like everywhere. Where was the farthest one? Where did, uh, well, we had one, Natasha from Australia. And uh, what is, uh, what was that other place? South Africa. Yep, South Africa. Uh, I can't think where the other one came from. The one from, the, the couple from South Africa. Let me tell you this story. Because this is kind of cool. This, this shows you uh, how cool this whole thing could be. Her and her husband were from South Africa. And they were in Lexington because he had to have a dual organ transplant. So he had two different things had to be transplanted and they couldn't do two of them over there. They could only do one. So he came to Lexington to be at the university hospital and he had to spend, I don't know, six months here or something preparing for this transplant, which was going to be done in Philadelphia. They came to a show that we did in Nashville but they sent us a message and said, hey, can we meet up? And we met them at a coffee shop here in town. And they were couldn't have been more happy. Then they found out the following week we were going to be in Nashville. So they came to Nashville for the show. Mm -hmm. Then we did a show in Philadelphia. They were back in South Africa. And his wife flew in from uh, South Africa to Philadelphia just to see our show. Wow. She and she literally just landed that day. Like she got she just landed like two hours before that and came straight to the show from the airport. So how cool is that that you got people reaching out, you know, that are that are here having double transplants and stuff? It's just that very that cool. is yeah. way cool. Now, have you ever had anybody surprise you by like pulling their sleeve up and showing you that cool tattoo of your logo? Yeah, we've had that. Uh Sam Farrell, who lives in Virginia. Um, he actually, he actually got that tattoo, what, probably within the last year, maybe. Mm -hmm. And he got the tattoo on his arm and, uh, it, it, I don't think you can get a bigger compliment than that. I'm oh, not gonna no lie, way. That was, uh, oh, go ahead, Tracy. That wasn't, that was, a, I was going to say that was an honor. I mean, to have somebody do that, it was crazy. I mean, it's it badass too, ain't it? It's really yeah, cool. It's really good. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I think, uh, the, the, the girl who designed my, logo i think she did an awesome job i think i've got a cool logo but mm -hmm. of all the logos of all the podcasts your guys takes the cake you guys have the <laughs> coolest logo um oh, thank so, you yeah so so hopefully a lot of your listeners will be listening to this but if you haven't if you haven't listened to it go to the website or just pull it up on your on your phone and that you know like it looks like you know a pirate with a with a cross but the cross <sighs> is the banjos the dueling banjos i thought that was so cool to have that kind of a, a logo well, see, and that's actually our original logo, uh, but we've we've switched, which it's a funny story. A lot of people love the logo. And about two years in, I said, you know what? I think we need to change the logo. And everybody was like, are you absolutely crazy? What is wrong with you? Everybody <laughs> loves that logo. And I said, I want to do something different. And now we've got the one with the uh, skeleton playing the banjo and everything. And yeah. now people love that. And, and that's actually the one that he got the tattoo of is of the new one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I, uh, cause you have, 
I, I've seen that too. And then, I mean, those are so cool. Now, who designed that? One, one of you designed it, or did you get somebody to do that for you? No, no, no. Well, the the first one I designed, the the original. Okay. Uh, I, I I wasn't. I kind of had the idea for it, but uh, I had a, a friend of mine that's a graphics major actually do it the way you know jazz it up for me and make it look good. Uh, but there's a young lady named Heidi. Uh, that's done a lot of artwork for her. she's done uh but she did the the newest logo but she had done a picture for me of uh tracy lost both of her parents and i had her do a picture of them in heaven uh, and it looks so good we've got it framed and 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 on our wall at the house but she did a picture of ninja our, our dog who's since passed away but she did a picture of him with a banjo strapped to him and wearing overalls with the uh hillbilly logo on it and a couple other pictures for us. So, yeah, she she was she's a fantastic artist. She's done a lot of it for us. Well, that sounds so cool. So you guys have you guys have been everywhere and, and meeting so many different people, and you have these upcoming events. So, what's coming up next on the show? Anything you guys want to uh, kind of pitch and uh, uh, to some of my listeners that maybe not heard um, you guys before? You know, it's gonna sound funny. Back in the old days, when I didn't do five shows a week <laughs> or six shows a week, but back back then, I would literally know two or three weeks ahead of time. You know, this is what I'm doing this week. That's what I'm doing next week. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. I have no clue what this Sunday's episode is going to be about. And then uh, I'll sit down. I finally got all. I get most of the stuff done for the week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday, I start putting all my focus in on Sunday's episode. So I don't even know what I'm doing this Sunday. Now, next week, we're going to be doing Smoky Mountain Ghost Stories because we're going to be in Gatlinburg. And whatever we do that Sunday, will be the same thing we end up doing at our live show on Saturday. They'll just get it a little bit ahead of time. So I do know what next week is, and that's only because of where the show is. Well, I hope you guys have a great show down there and a great anniversary. So before we kind of close out i just uh, wanted to ask you guys a couple just one more question halloween month is coming up i've binge watch creepy movies all month do you guys have like maybe four or five movies that you watch every year that uh, uh i don't know just kind of like a little month-long celebration of halloween that you guys just like so much i can tell you already tracy is not the biggest horror movie uh fan i have to drag her to the movies to see some of these things and she likes a lot of them once we see them but um, I don't know how extensive her list is going to be, but I can tell you mine starts and ends with the exorcist. Uh, matter of fact, we just bought they're They're getting ready to bring the exorcist out across the country in on October 1st and October 4th uh, mm -hmm. for the 50th anniversary. And as soon as I heard it, I bought tickets for the fourth up here to go to the movies and see it. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, it's my favorite movie of all time, period. There isn't anything even close to it. And uh, if you look around my room, uh, there's four or five different exorcist things in the room and there's nothing else that's even close. Yeah, that, I love, hands, uh, go ahead. I was going to say hands down the scariest movie ever. Yeah. Very scary. Tracy, so do you have some movies yeah. that are on your list? Um, No, I really don't just because... <laughs> I'm a weirdo, I guess. I mean, I love doing the podcast and all things scary, but man, to sit down and watch a scary movie just freaks me out. Hey, if I don't Beetle want to Juice, be dreaming about all that stuff. If Beetlejuice is one of your picks, then so be it. You know, it doesn't have to be too scary. <laughs> like, uh, but but I like Hocus like, Pocus. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Hocus Pocus is good. <laughs> uh, what's that? Hubie Halloween. Have you seen that on uh, Netflix? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've seen all those. No, those aren't too bad. I like those pretty good. And uh, like the Saw movies. I don't know if that's considered Halloween or not, but like, I like that, but I don't know. I just, it just freaks me out to the core. I'm like, Oh, but if Jerry oh, wants so- to go do the movies or whatever, watch it, I'll sit down or I'll go to the movies with him. So. Yeah. yeah, you have a couple others, Jerry, go to. I like uh, Stir of Echoes is one that I really love with Kevin Bacon. That's good. I think yeah. that's a, a fantastic movie. Uh, you can't go wrong with the original Halloween. That's actually, uh, you know, that's the one that started it all as far as I'm concerned with the slasher stuff. Um, I, I, like, I like the Friday the 13th movies, but I don't love them. Uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think anything Freddy Krueger is awesome as long as it's the old ones with uh, Robert England. So those those are good. But I like the ones that really kind of make you think, like Stir of Echoes. Mm-hmm. That's the kind. That's the kind that I really like. That's uh, I think a yes type movie. Yeah, I think a couple of my go tos during the, the Halloween month: The Fog, the original, with Adrian Barbeau. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, and I do like that Adrian movie. Bobo. Salem's Lot. He just likes her. He just likes her. But who does? And her I mean, bets. I'm not. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of Swamp Thing, but I must say I've seen Swamp Thing a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Salem's Lot's another go-to for me. I like. I I yep. watch that every year. I, you know, I own that too. And some of those classics, you know, you just. Uh, I hate to say, not to sound old-fashioned. I mean, because I'm not old at all. We're not. None of us are. It's just. They just don't make them like that anymore, you know. When they try to make remakes, no, they take a little too much artistic license, and it's just um, sometimes you can make take a good movie, do a remake, and really suck. And that's yeah, a- I, I th- I'm like you. I think they need to just leave those old ones alone, you know, because that's what we all enjoyed. So why why do that? There's, I don't there's see a, no reason for it. So there's a new uh, Exorcist movie coming out. I don't know if it has anything to do with this chain, but it has the the two kids and have you seen the preview for that one? Yeah, it's 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 supposedly got there's a connection because Ellen Burstyn, uh, the mom from the original, is in this one playing her oh. character. And there was talk that Linda Blair was going to be making a cameo. I don't know if that ever happened or not. Uh so there is a connection to it. I don't I don't I don't know how the connection is going to be made. I don't know. Uh there's certain things you just need to leave alone. Uh, I, I'll probably go watch it. It the the preview actually looks pretty good. The trailer looks okay. Yeah, I just uh, afraid they'll screw it up. The Pope's Exorcist on Netflix was pretty good. I liked that pretty well. We went we went and saw that at the movies. She liked that one. Yeah, that was creepy. That creeped me out. That little boy, man, he played a he played a good possessed kid. Maybe I, <laughs> I was convinced. I'm not even Maybe Catholic. I was doing the sign of the cross everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you may be thinking, man, he must really be that in real life. He, how could he pull that off so good? I, I don't well, know. I don't know. That's that's creepy. But you know what? I mean, as far as Linda Blair set the standard, and Definitely. my goodness, um, yeah, you can you can tell how good a, a movie is that's in that genre by comparing it to Linda Blair, whether it's going to hold a candle or not. You know, I she probably got typecasted movies because of that. But doggone, man, what a movie to be typecast in. 
Yeah, you know, no, the, but can but can you? I'm sorry, Jerry. Can you imagine what that does to a kid's psyche? I mean, I would think somewhere down the road that messes you up, even though you know you're just acting and it's not real. But I mean, that'd be I don't know. Didn't don't didn't know, she have be, some? Didn't she have some hard times in Hollywood early on? A lot of partying, a lot of drugs, drinking, underage, and. I don't I don't know about all that. She did end up dating Rick James for a while, so that probably tells you everything you need to know. Are you no, serious? That says yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That, but you know, there's a lot of things that went on in that movie that people were probably not aware of. For example, you know, she would have that situation uh in the bed where she would uh, you know, raise up and back and down, up and back, up and back. Well, they had her in a harness to do that. So that harness yanked her up and back to give it that look. Well, at one point, one side of it broke off and she was just kind of flailing around. And actually it did damage to her lower spine. It fractured Ooh. her lower spine. And they kept that part in the movie where the, where the harness broke off of her. So you actually see her in all her real pain doing that. And she still has back problems today because of that. And she was only like, I think, 11, 12 years old when, when that happened. Wow. But, you know, her mom wouldn't let her see the movie when it came out. Oh, she would not so let her see? No, she wouldn't She wouldn't let her see it. So, I mean, she's coming in and doing her parts, but she didn't know what a lot of the other stuff that was happening in the movies was, obviously, because she wasn't privy to that. Uh, another another part, there's a famous, <laughs> there's a famous part we'll call the uh, crucifix scene. Uh, it's uh, very vulgar. But there's a scene where Ellen Burst and the mom, Reagan kind of raises up and backhands her, and you see her fall backwards to the ground and then slide and crash into the wall. Yeah. Well, that's a scene where, once again, she was in a harness. And William Friedkin, the director, went to the guy that was controlling the harness and said, uh, hey, I want you to just really give it to her. Because he didn't like, it was like, didn't look real. He said, I just want you to give it to her. So he yanked it. She fell on the floor and slid back and slammed into the wall. And she screamed because that also fractured her spine. Oh and the gosh. scene you see in the movie is the scene that they, where she fractured her spine. That scream you hear is her screaming from the pain of crashing into the wall. That wasn't acting. Dude. So there's two different scenes in that movie that were, they got hurt and they kept them. They kept it in the movie. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, man, I'm glad I'm not an actor. I hate to get get my ass whipped every time I went to the to the set in a yeah, movie like I that. I think they need to be paid extra. Yeah, they need to be paid extra for that, uh, for sure. That's man. wild. Well, hopefully this Hollywood writer strike and, and it will be over soon, and they can get back to making some good movies. So we shall see. Yeah, hey guys, I really we appreciate make you guys more remakes. <laughs> yeah, more remakes. Unfortunately. Yeah, I certainly appreciate you guys coming on to the show. It's it's been fun. You're welcome back anytime, um, folks. Don't forget uh, they have the event in uh, at the end of the month in Gatlinburg. And if you love a cruise, the Ohio cruise should be quite fun. So go to hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Make sure you download their podcast <laughs> and subscribe. All right. Thank Any you. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's an honor to have you guys. I've listened it. to and your it. show for so long. No, thank you. We appreciate it. If, 
if I could throw out another plug, I actually have another podcast that I'm working on. It's picking up steam. Oh, it's cool. called Wickedly Weird with Jerry and Amanda. And uh we we just it's a every two week podcast bi-weekly. Uh we've only got 10 episodes out right now, but it's uh every story is one of these that that just has a crazy uh ending or twist or a plot twist, but there's no genre in there. We cover we've covered uh UFO abductions, uh time slips. Uh, true crime if it's got a crazy twist in there we we cover it so uh that's something if you if you like hillbilly horror stories uh give that one a try too and uh, it's wickedly weird with jerry and amanda that's awesome hey thanks again guys i certainly appreciate it you guys have a great anniversary while you're down there have a lot of thank fun thank you thank you and uh thanks everybody for tuning in to another episode of the gonzo chronicles i'll be back soon with who knows what i'll talk about but i'm sure i'll be running my mouth for a while thanks for sticking with me and we'll see you on down the road